You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Theater Geeks Anonymous. At this time, we ask that you turn off all cell phones. Unless, of course, you're using them to listen to this podcast, in which case, please keep it on. And please refrain from any flash photography, as it is dangerous to the performers of this podcast. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't you see? It's so simple. Step one, we Google the biggest flops on Broadway. Step two, we find the crazy stories behind them. Step three, we see how they lose millions of dollars. Millions? Broadway isn't cheap. A lot of fancy people want to be producers. Step four, find out why the show won't go on. Step five. End this episode and head to Times Square. Times Square? That'll never work. Only Broadway's successes are in Times Square. Ho, 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 ye of little faith. Welcome. Welcome to Theater Geeks Anonymous, guys. <laughs> I'm Pamela. And I'm Ebony. And uh, just so that you're not confused, I, Pamela, is the one that sings almost everything. <laughs> <laughs> so silly. Uh, you have... St- Stumbled upon Theater Geeks Anonymous, the show where we talk about Broadway flops, scandals, and new works. Who fails, who sues, we tell their stories. Yes, we will. We're going to tell it good. We are. We're going to tell it real good. You're in for our treat. (laughs) (laughs) Also, lots of laughing because that seems to be our favorite thing to do. It's our default. I think so. It's our default For like all the things. It's like if we're aggravated, (laughs) if we're happy, if things are actually funny, it's just like we just giggle. It's true. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's true. Okay, can I tell you a story? Because you just said aggravated and it yes. reminded me of something that happened okay. to me earlier. Okay. <laughs> so it is a Sunday. And on Sunday, I go to church. Mm-hmm. And after church, I went to go get back on the train Uh-oh. to go back to Dittmar's. Uh, but so I was going to take the train back home. I get up there. I swipe my card. They take my money. And then I realize uh. there are no trains going to Dittmar's. No! Occasionally this happens. It is super frustrating, like super, super frustrating because then what are your options? You can take the train going into Manhattan and then transfer over at the next stop, which is usually Queensboro. And it's so long. It takes so long. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to walk. And I like walking. Like that distance is not that big a deal. It's just 36th Avenue to Dittmaris. Like, what is that? Maybe a mile and a half? Right. Maybe. Not too bad. Not that bad. Except that I was wearing new shoes. 
Oh, and no. they were their little um, ankle boots uh, that I had never worn before. Oh no! And were already starting to pinch. No. And so I was like, "No, I can do it. It's it's fine. I'm wearing socks, so yeah. I wouldn't have to worry about you know the Blisters. friction or anything like yeah. that." No, that is not the case. That is not the case. What Ebony. happened? Oh my gosh! Okay, well, by the time I like got close to my neighborhood, I thought I was gonna die. I was walking like such an old lady. I had like. No, I couldn't do it anymore. It was awful. But and I, it's eighty degrees out. And it's eighty degrees out, no. which not my favorite. No, we we're not summer people. No. Sorry, guys. I Sorry. Like to and you, sh I mean, if you saw my skin right now, you can see that it's slightly pink just oh, from no. being out in the sun. But so I get home, like the first thing I do is take off those drastic boots, and I threw <laughs> them. I threw them in the corner, and I was like, I can't wear them anymore, not without thinking about this incident. Yeah. And I took off my socks very slowly and realized that I. I had lots and lots of blisters. No! Oh, it was awful. And so I like immediately made myself a tepid bath with yeah. some Epsom salts and just, just sat my feet in there for a couple minutes and then realized I needed to shave my legs. So I did that too. So <laughs> at least it was a twofer. <laughs> but it was awful. And it's That's all because true. of stupid MTA. What were you up to today? Uh, well, church mm -hmm. with you. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. I saw you. <laughs> you, looked, you looked really adorable in your Thanks. little floral skirt. I mean, it was just adorable because you had this little blouse on that had these gorgeous little bell sleeves <laughs> and it cinched you in. You had this belt on. Ooh, I just hit the mic. Sorry, you guys. Uh, it cinched you in with a little belt and then this beautiful, like, almost like a circle skirt. I guess yeah. it was more like a bell shape. But, I, lo oh. I looked in the mirror and I was like, not on purpose, but I think I'm kind of channeling some Lucille Ball here today. Oh, totally. Yeah, with that, like, collar and everything. Oh, I was like, yeah, and completely. Guys, y'all don't know, but... Ebony loves herself some Lucille Ball. <laughs> so I was Who pretty doesn't? happy when I looked in the mirror this morning. I was like, it's black Lucille Ball. Yes. <laughs> Sign me up. And she's even got like a little, like a daisy in her hair. <laughs> like I kept it. It's, it's all day. It's so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, Ebony, what is the show that we're going to talk about today? Oh, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... This, the show that we're going to talk about, or shows actually in this episode, we're going to talk about the Annie sequels. Okay. Um, so. There are more than one? There are more than one. I was, when, when Pamela and I decided to do this show, I am a night owl. Poor Pamela <laughs> is not. I stay up until I get like, Bursts of creative excitement <laughs> at ungodly hours. Yeah, not and so, me. <laughs> no, she's like asleep. I'm still like, blah, all the things, all the things. And so anyway, I was like looking up uh, shows that had flopped and found Annie 2, Miss Hannigan's Revenge. <laughs> and I was like, what is this? Because I'd heard of Annie Warbucks, which I think yeah. most people have heard of yeah. or seen. I will preface this episode by saying I have not seen Annie Warbucks. Oh, I guess I haven't either. So um, I've only listened to the soundtrack. And so um, as I tell you like what the plot is about, I'm not going to go into every detail because, A, this episode would probably be a couple hours long if I did that. And... Honestly, there are plot holes. There just are. So I'm not well, even going to know all the answers. That's the fun of this show. We yeah. get to talk about all those plot holes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> or just ignore them. <laughs> uh, and so know that like I'm, I'm talking about it. I have listened to the soundtrack, but I don't, I have never seen a production. Okay. So duly noted. Yeah. I'm just going to give like an overview of what <laughs> it was about. Okay. So mm -hmm. I, <laughs> <laughs> I will 
I will get into why it is called Annie 2 and Miss Hannigan's Revenge. Okay. So this was a, this was the first incarnation of the sequel. And uh, what you first, what you want to know is, which most people know, the first Annie was a huge success. Huge success. It was a much bigger success, I think, than, I mean, you just can't plan for things like that. And Mm -hmm. so when the creative team uh, that wanted to do Annie 2, when they started talking about doing the sequel, it wasn't like when they did Annie and it was like pretty quiet under Mm -hmm. the radar. There was like one person. Yeah. um, They didn't have anything preceding it. No, they didn't. And so um, the problem is when you have a huge success like that and then you decide you're going to do a sequel, there's a lot of fanfare because everyone wants to see what the follow-up to this story that was such a huge hit was. And it was, I'm assuming, the same creative team. It was. It was the same creative team. So you still had Thomas Meehan writing the book. You had Charles Strauss doing the music. And you had Martin Charnin uh, doing the lyrics. Okay. And for the initial uh, production of Annie 2, he was also directing. Oh, okay. So so they decided to do this. There was a lot of fanfare, so much fanfare, that the girl who won the part of Annie in the sequel was on Life magazine <laughs> before the production <laughs> ever, like, began. Yeah. Oh like, before, gosh. you know, so... That's a lot of pressure. It is. It's a ton of pressure. What if she had, like, hit puberty and couldn't sing it anymore? I, well, I think that... <laughs> They, I'm talking practicalities <laughs> here. <laughs> well, the thing is, is, you know, obviously they were what they thought. They thought they were done writing this show. So they had written a 184 page uh, show and they felt like it was perfect and it wouldn't need to be fixed. And so, <laughs> oh, guys, never say that out loud. Mm, no. I mean, it's like it's like when the architect just, of the Titanic oh. said the Titanic was unsinkable. And then it's like you're like, God. We're smarter than you. We can make something that'll never break. And he's like, oh, oh, r- really? I, okay. I well, beg to differ. Yeah. Sink you, unsinkable ship. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ever say that. No. It's not smart. Not good. But they did. So, eh. It's what it is. <laughs> it's what it is. They can't take it back now. Can't take it back now. So, here's the plot for Annie 2, Miss Hannigan's Revenge. We open... <laughs> At the women's detention center, where Miss Hannigan now resides, because she tried to dupe uh, Daddy Warbucks in the first production um, with her was it brother Rooster, yeah, and his girlfriend, and tried to take Annie. Okay, sidebar also. How much do I love <laughs> Bernadette Peters and Tim? Uh, I know Tim was, Curry. Tim Curry. I was almost going to say coming because um, Alan, I know, Cumming, Alan Cumming, the second Yeah, <laughs> with Kristen Chenoweth. Tim yeah. Curry and Bernadette Peters. That's yeah. Lillian Rooster. I love them so much. Oh, and Carol Burnett. I mean, you can't dream team right there. I'm telling you, my my one of my aunt's favorite sayings is, "You can't beat it with a stick." And that team, <laughs> you can't beat it with a stick. No, you can't. No, you can't. I mean, you could try, but they would like their talent would keep them safe. Yeah. From the stick it's like beating a bubble of talent. Yes, it's like <laughs> I have. I have like a. I mean, my talent is like as close to the skin as it can possibly be. So I don't know if that would be very protected. <laughs> That's a terrible thing to say about myself. Very self-deprecating. That's what we are here. <laughs> we'll try not to be. Not to. Well, it's we just don't want to. We don't want to be braggadocious no, either. No. We're also pretty awesome. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> so we open up on Miss Hannigan in jail and how much time has passed at this point? It's like 
It's supposed to be immediately after the first show. Okay. So we open up. She's in the detention center. And then at the same time, uh, Daddy Warbucks has been informed uh, that he is not able to keep Annie uh, because he is a single man. So even though he's rich, it doesn't matter because he's single and he has to be married in order to act like legally adopt this child. Okay. So it's okay for him to foster her in the first one, but it's not okay for him to adopt that seems Listen. rather silly. Yes, it does. Why was he allowed <laughs> to foster her in the first place then? Probably because he was rich. Oh, okay. So I mean, that makes sense, I guess. Maybe. And one of the storylines you find out with this uh, with this particular sequel is that this congressperson who was the child welfare um, person was he didn't like Daddy Warbucks and he didn't want him oh. to get he didn't want him to be able to like get away with things just you, because why do you have to be rich right and, and just get well away known with, and have a child right. that's not cool no yeah so Daddy Warbucks decides in order to keep Annie that he's going to need to find a wife so he creates a sort of like bachelor type contest oh in order to to find himself a wife even though, you guys, we pretty much know him and Grace are in love with each other from the first show. <laughs> yes. But whatever. Wait, like a like a <clears throat> pageant? I, well, it was more like The Bachelor. So oh, it was okay. sort of like, it was like a contest. So he just invited like 20 ladies, 20 eligible ladies to his yeah. mansion. And that's so, so weird. weird. <laughs> I don't like it. No. But I, I mean, didn't write low, this. How long ago was this? This was like back in the 80s, right? Or was this the Yeah, 90s? so this so was So they were ahead of their time. Maybe The Bachelor got their idea from this. Oh, dear. Just, I mean... I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> explains a lot. Um, all right. So while Miss Hannigan is in prison, a fire, a major fire happens. And this fire allows her a distraction so no. that she can escape. No. <laughs> yeah. I knew that you were going to say that. And yet I still am. I am. No. I know. Okay. Well, no, I mean, I guess that makes sense because, like, otherwise, why would it be her revenge? She can't, like, right. she, like write nasty letters from jail. Although, I don't know because hmm. I've watched a lot of American Greed episodes. Yes. And I will <laughs> tell you one thing that happens quite often is when dudes are in jail for something that they absolutely 100% did yeah. and is absolutely 100% their fault, they still are mad at all these other people. Oh, yeah. And so they want to, like, hire a hitman to kill people. That's very true. So then instead of ending up in jail just for, like, 10 to 15 years for, like, the white-collar cl- crime they did, then it's, like, attempted murder, so they're in jail for forever. For the rest of their life. Yeah. Real smart. Dummies. Yeah. <laughs> so, so she escapes prison. And she hears about this Daddy Warbucks contest. Mm-hmm. And so she decides that she is going to turn herself into a Glamazon. <laughs> and she is going to get herself into this contest to become the next Mrs. Warbucks. Wait. Because I'm sorry. And maybe I should just listen to this with a suspension of disbelief. <laughs> People know what she looks like. Exactly. So is she getting plastic surgery? <laughs> well, the, the way that I, because I have struggled with this yeah. and not understanding at all. But oh, I'm this like, is one of the plot holes that you were talking yes. about? Yes. <laughs> but here's, here's, so there's two points. One is like Superman and Clark, Clark Kent, mm. right? So Clark Kent wears glasses mm-hmm. and then he takes them off and then he wears like 
a blue and red suit and he's Superman. <laughs> I mean, clearly it's the same person. Clearly, but Lois was a dummy dum dum. Yeah, and she just did not she know. She didn't see it. No, no one did. <laughs> Nobody did. So, Silly willies. So I mean, when I when I read <laughs> I guess that, that sense, and you yeah. know, and I thought about Superman and how thinly veiled that disguise is. I mean, it's not crazy to think that. But then Miss Hannigan had another idea on top of the one of becoming Mrs. Warbucks. She said, well, my biggest problem, and this is where it comes in, everyone always blames someone else for the wrong that they did. Yes. She was like, Annie, Annie is the source of all of my problems, so I'm going to kidnap Annie. (laughs) I'm going to kill her. Oh, my gosh. And I'm going to find a little girl who looks just like her. Warbucks won't know the difference, and I'll bring her to the house, and she'll choose me to be Mrs. Warbucks. Oh, my gosh. So this is where the Annie 2 comes in. Oh, <laughs> that makes sense. I didn't get that yeah. at first. I thought it was just the number two, but you you might be right. So, so oh, no, oh, I'm 100% right. right. <laughs> because Mr. Charles Strauss, who I will say is the most precious. Oh, I, I think I've seen an interview with him. He did an interview uh, on Behind the Curtain, which is like a podcast I'm obsessed with. <laughs> um, and he did talk about, he talked about this Annie 2 idea yeah. and how, um, I mean, the one of the reasons he wanted to create it was it the whole show ran around this idea where, yes, it's the sequel, but also you would have an Annie replacing yeah. the real Annie. Oh and goodness. so that's the Annie 2 <laughs> That's where any two comes in. No one will notice. Right. But but one thing, and this is why he's so precious, is he freely admits now, he's like, you can't build an entire show off of that idea. <laughs> like, that's not smart. Aww. Yeah. But he's so cute. Yeah. I love him because he takes responsibility. Hey, I'm all about that. Yeah. 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 So nice. But it, yeah, it wasn't a great idea. <laughs> Um, so she finds, she finds an Annie to replace her and, um, she has a friend that, that works with her. So after the show was written, they did a tryout, uh, before they were going to bring it to Broadway. They did a tryout in Washington, D.C. at the Kennedy Center. Okay. And it was set to open December 22nd, 1988. Um, and you had Dorothy Loudon coming back as Miss Hannigan, and she had played Miss Hannigan in oh, the first fun. Annie. Oh, how fun! See, that's a good idea. Yeah, it's really cute. Um, and then she had a sidekick because there's, n- I mean, guys, there's no <laughs> way she could do this kidnapping no. by herself and everything. Her sidekick was played by Ronnie Graham, and Ronnie Graham, fun little fact, he was a frequent writing partner. For um, Mel Brooks. The young Frankenstein yes. and the producers, Mel Brooks? The one and only oh. Mr. Mel Brooks. <laughs> How cool. Yeah, and he's somebody we will talk about a bunch of times. Oh, on sure. Podcast. Well, yeah. he's like in theater everywhere. Yeah, all the pl- all the places. Very surprising places. <laughs> that's, that's true. I don't know why I laughed like that. I love that. I made it sound like it was nefarious, but it's not. We should put an echo on that. Ooh. Done. So good. So good. <laughs> <laughs> I just did that with my vocal cords. <laughs> no special effects needed. None needed. <laughs> So remember how they said the 184 pages were perfect and didn't need to be changed? (laughs) 
while all 184 pages absolutely changed. Oh my. Every single one. Oh, every single one. There were a few songs that stuck around, but we'll talk about those at okay. the end of the episode. And guys, here's the thing when you're doing anything that involves an audience of any kind. You absolutely need to know your audience. Well, yes. I mean, that's a given because theater is all about the audience. Otherwise, who's paying? Yeah. And <laughs> you've just listened to me describe the plot. <laughs> I'm I'm going to just put out this question. I'm going to give you a second to answer okay. and then I'm going to answer it. But I know everyone knows knows the answer. Mm. When you think of Annie. Yes. Tell me, who do you think fills the audience more? Grown-ups who know a lot about politics and are very politically inclined and very much care about what is happening in the world right now, or might you think it will be filled with children? Well, <laughs> that would be my guess. <laughs> yeah. But for whatever reason, these gentlemen decided Annie too was going to be this story that really spoke to like this new generation and they wanted to make a more serious show well if you've got miss hannigan running around plotting to kill annie that's that's pretty adult yeah and they really believed that people would care more about what miss hannigan was doing than they did annie yeah the title character (laughs) well to be fair miss hannigan is the title character too well for the (laughs) sequel and like no one cares. I know. Like, I know. I, you know, guys, okay, so I did show Pamela one of the, the pictures <laughs> oh from the God. production. Wait, can I describe it? Yes, please do. <laughs> okay. So picture this <laughs> on a stage that was, I mean, it's a close-up picture, but it doesn't right. look like there's really anything else on stage. Yeah. Just a steamer trunk. Mm-hmm. And inside that steamer trunk is a little girl with Red curly hair on her knees, handcuffed behind her, singing for her life. Mm-hmm. It was a little disturbing. It's, I'm not going to lie. It's real disturbing. It's real. I showed it to one of my, my theater kids and he looked at it and he was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Yeah, this is awful. Oh. And so I have a four-year-old niece actually... Wait, wait, she'll be, she's going to be five tomorrow. No. Oh my gosh, happy birthday. Oh, my little button. Uh, she's the cutest. I get to hear stories. I talk about her all the time. <laughs> she's the cutest thing ever. Well, you have to talk <laughs> about your cutest things ever. She's just the best. <laughs> but she loves Annie. And so when I saw this picture and I was reading this synopsis and I just pictured my little soon-to-be five-year-old niece sitting in the audience and one of those red velvet dresses. <laughs> yes. Thinking she's going to see one of her favorite characters of all time sing and dance and be happy and yeah. sing upbeat songs like tomorrow. But instead, <gasps> sun will come out tomorrow. But instead is handcuffed <laughs> in a trunk oh. that's about to be closed on her because the villain wants to murder her. Ugh, poor little Annie. And is singing a song called My Daddy because she believes and hopes and prays that her father will rescue her from being murdered. Murdered. And all just for being an orphan yeah. who, who caught the eye 
of a millionaire or billionaire. I don't even I know. I think he's billionaire. He's pretty rich. Yeah, he's like the richest. Oh, yeah, he's a billionaire. poor little Annie. I mean, I'm horrified. That's got to be. I mean, I can. I mean, yeah, that has to be a little scarring for the little yeah. little baby angels in the audience. Really? Oh, yeah. Sweet yeah. All right. So, um, so at the DC opening previews began. Unfortunately. To not amazing reviews on December 22nd, 1989. Oh, wait. Weren't they supposed to open like a year prior? Yes, they were. Mm-hmm. But like I said, all 184 pages <gasps> oh, had to change. Okay. Um, and so there were major rewrites. Uh, one of those was, of course, Miss Hannigan's sidekick moving from being a uh, love interest to... <laughs> he was right. her love interest, was, too? Yes, he was. Oh, dear. And then moved to being her friend, mm-hmm. um, they realized that, you know, people did want a little bit more of Annie, so they did no. put a little bit more of Annie in there. No way. Why and, would they want that? And they went to New York and auditioned a bunch of children to be orphans because in the first 184 pages, there were no other orphans except the one Annie who, who replaced Annie. Right. <gasps> well, what about Duffy and Pepper and little Molly? I know. I little know. Molly. Oh, a little Molly. Little you would Molly. just. Why didn't Molly get adopted? She was adorable. I know she was the cutest. She really was. Really she cute. Really was. <laughs> so that's why wow. it's a year later. Okay. And as you will have guessed, there were seven hundred children in the first performance. Yeah. Yeah, I would guess that. Yeah. <laughs> but for whatever reason, Martin, Charlie, and Tommy <laughs> didn't think there'd be 700 children in the audience. So even though they did make some changes and put more of Annie in there mm-hmm. and add the orphans, it was still much more adult. Yeah. And um, Charles Strauss, he was the first one to speak about his concerns. And yeah. in fact, if you listen to that interview and in Behind the Curtain, he does state that the show started... He's like the second or third song in and he <laughs> runs up the aisle and is like tearing his hair out going, oh. it's all wrong. <laughs> and when they were in rehearsals, Dorothy Loudon is quoted as saying, I wake up in the middle of the night, sort of screaming, <laughs> sort of, sort of, <laughs> sort of screaming. So she was having major anxiety during the rehearsal process oh about gosh. this show not working. Clearly, if yeah. she was saying that, I mean... That poor Because that was probably like playing it nice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sort, sort of screaming. I'm sort of screaming. But it'll, it'll be fine. I, oh, guys. But here's the thing that I love about this team. They ask their friends to come see the show. Their friends gave them a lot of good advice. You know what? And they listened to the advice of their friends. And one of their friends who uh, we all know and love is... Mike Nichols. That, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I had a little sneak peek earlier. <laughs> she did. <laughs> um, so they asked him to come and see the show. He did. And he gave them uh, really excellent advice. To start over. He, he said, he said, go for the truth. Smart. Mike Nichols said that wherever <laughs> you're true, it's good. And wherever you're not, it stinks. Wow. And I feel like that is truth for life. Oh my gosh! No kidding. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's true. Well, because I mean, I was—I ju- mean, as you mentioned it, of course, I was thinking about you know in performing, <laughs> and that's that's always really key. Yeah. If you're not being truthful, the audience will see through you almost immediately. But you're right. I mean, you could use that everywhere. Yeah. 
You absolutely could. So opening night was supposed to be the 22nd. It's pushed to the 28th and then pushed again to January 4th. The play, instead of opening at the detention center, was changed to uh, opening in Warbuck's office. A new song was added. Uh, she Did she, like, come tunneling up from the floor? <laughs> I'm like... I'm seeing, like, in his office, and then all of a sudden, like, a spoon comes shooting out, and she's just dug herself out of her jail cell. <laughs> so weird. It's Sorry. Like, I don't even know. I've um, got a lot of good ideas. I know. Marty, you- Charlie, Tommy... I've got some good ideas. You should talk to Pamela. <laughs> uh, and so then opening night did happen January 4th. Dismal reviews. They kept uh. trying to rewrite it. Uh, January 15th, more rewrites. and It just never worked. No, it didn't work. So Annie 2 closed after uh, 36 performances. Oh, well, that's actually more than I would have expected. Right. But that was so all 36 performances happened at the Kennedy Center. So they did not move that production to Broadway as they had hoped that they would be able to. um, And they did, too, feel like they needed more time to work on uh, the production. And so they ended up taking it to uh, Goodspeed Theater. And they thought that um, they would do a late fall 1990 or early winter 1991 Broadway bow. Okay, that was that was the hope just never panned out no it didn't it didn't pan out for annie to miss hannigan's revenge and guys that's because you need to know your audience that's key enter annie warbucks all right so the team's starting over uh you have some of the same plot points uh you have christmas morning 1933 now again uh in daddy warbucks office warbucks still needs to find a wife or he has to give up annie we all know Grace is in love with Warbucks. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we've changed the plot to kill Annie to a plot to kill Warbucks for his money. Um, and the plot is between... So you had the Child child Welfare Commissioner was a man in Annie 2. Okay. And that's been changed to a woman, and her name is Harriet Doyle. And she has a daughter that we don't know is her daughter until... Uh, the big reveal. Until Yes, until the big reveal. <laughs> so until far into the musical. And her name is Sheila Kelly. So Sheila Kelly uh, ends up uh, coming in during the time when, you know, daddy's trying to find a You just wife. called him daddy. I know, I, I did. And you're supposed to because we don't right. have his first name. Wait, do we do we have his first name? We do have his first name. Oh, we do. I just, yeah, but I just thought that was funny. You can yeah, continue. Daddy. Um. <laughs> And so uh, later on, you find out that uh, Sheila Kelly is Harriet's daughter. Uh, Sheila had just served eight years in jail for murder. But she lies to to Warbucks and tells him uh, through this song called You Go On about her difficult life story and like all the struggles she's been through. And (laughs) But you go on and just keep singing about that. But she's. She really just wants to kill him. Like, she's killed all those other people. Is she in cahoots with her mother at this she point? She absolutely oh. is in cahoots with her mother. Mm. Yeah. Harriet, she- Sheila? Sheila. Harriet. Sheila. Uh, and so so what continues to happen then is um, Annie is, like, struggling with this whole idea a little bit. And she sings a song called Changes because she's used to it just being her and her father. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she tries to work with the servants to uh, get him to 
be with Grace because everyone knows that he's in love with Grace. Meanwhile, Grace gets a phone call from FDR's office because they want her to come to Washington. And so that's when, like, <laughs> this whole side story of, like, Annie and the servants trying to get Daddy Warbucks and Grace together really heightens because she doesn't want her to leave. Uh, and then uh, Annie <laughs> overhears the song that Sheila and... um Harriet and, and Harriet sing together and finds out like they have this plot and then Annie thinks it's gonna all be much better if she's just not there and so she runs away and she ends up in Tennessee. Oh my goodness. With this really nice, wonderful family. And they don't know who she is. Uh, and all this manages to happen while I mean this there's just so many plots happening right now. And then daddy's like in England because there's some money troubles happening and he has to like clear things up. So it's like perfect timing because he's out of the country. So Annie runs away while he's gone and she thinks that life will be just so much better without her. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Oh, Annie. I know. Little button. Just want to give you a hug. I know. I think it's just hard for children sometimes to think, like, is there going to be enough love spread around for yeah. me? And I think sometimes, like, that's where the whole uh, sibling rivalry comes in, especially when, um, you know, children have been the only child for a little while. Totally. And then their parents decide to adopt or have another child. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes the older child doesn't take it as well. My niece Cameron. I mean, she didn't have, she wasn't an only child for a long time, but mm-hmm. I think she might have been like, she was at least a year and some change by the time my niece Trinity came along. Mm-hmm. And there is this kind of, she might have been too. Anyway, there's this perfect picture that I can recall of them, like they're both laying on the ground and you've yeah. got this tiny little larva of a Trinity yeah. sitting next to this toddler, <laughs> Cameron, and Cameron's face looks at her and is just like, I'm gonna kill you. It's, <laughs> hysterical <laughs> anyway go ahead i know <laughs> but yeah, always the murderous intentions children have <laughs> like on the inside sometimes you're like what is happening in that tiny little brain <laughs> i'm terrified what's Aww. in there yeah. So, but Annie felt that way. She but did. she was also an orphan for a long, she long was. time. So I can imagine she would have some insecurity. Yeah. Just a little bit. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So the wonderful family in Tennessee, uh, Annie reveals uh, finally that she has run away and they explain to her there's enough love to go around. And then she reveals that she's like, you know, the Annie orphan that everyone's looking for back in New York City. <laughs> uh, and then they all go back to New York. And Annie thinks that the reward for her return is like, I think she said $10,000. They go back and they realize it's $150,000. And so now the rural Tennessee family is loaded. Oh, yeah. And so they're all happy. They were because they were nice people. (laughs) Sheila and her mother's plot is revealed. Mm -hmm. Grace and Daddy Warbucks get married (gasps) and adopt all the adorable little orphans (gasps) that didn't have a family. Yeah. Oh. So exciting. Always Charlie Martin and and Tommy with the 
happy endings. <laughs> the crazily happy endings. That's so... Well, you know what I will say? As hard as it was to listen to the premise of yeah. Annie 2. Yeah. And really, I mean... Annie Warbucks was not by any means like a successful run on Broadway no, either. No. But like to Which hear we'll get to that. I know. Right? <laughs> but to hear the ending, like that's yeah. really sweet. And I love that. It makes me really happy for yeah. not only the family in Tennessee, but also for <laughs> little Annie and for Grace and Daddy. <laughs> and yeah. all the other little orphans. Yeah. Yay. Always a happy ending. They're, I mean, they're very optimistic men, I think. And that's why they sort of. Sure. Uh, love that. But. So Annie Warbucks gets a new director with Michael P. Price. They do out-of-town tryouts in various cities, including Chicago, which they learned from previous experiences, the previous experience, because they only did D.C., and then they thought they could go right to Broadway because they thought the production was perfect. And, of course, (laughs) as I stated, it was not. Absolutely not. (laughs) Um, But a Broadway bow is now touted for early 1993. Okay. That's uh, a long Long time. Yeah. Uh, but they knew, you know, like, you, it takes so long it to do a show. Take, well, and especially if you've written basically three yeah. incarnations of it. Absolutely. And yeah. then, you know, In Transit is on Broadway this year. It took them 15 years. <gasps> really? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. I have I have uh, a couple friends who are friends with some of them. Yeah. And That's amazing. Yeah, 15 years. Wow. So it's, it's not. <laughs> it's not an easy business. It's not. For anybody involved in it. Absolutely not. Yeah. It's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and you have to love it. And you oh, can't yeah. get into this business because you just want to be famous. So true. Or if you want money because no, you ain't going to get it. No. <laughs> it's all about the love, people. It's it all about the love it's of it. labor of love. <laughs> a labor of love. It's a labor of love. <laughs> love, love. <laughs> it's a labor of love. I'm sorry. It's so funny. <laughs> so funny. So the show is put up off Broadway, starring Donna McKechnie as Sheila Kelly. Ooh, I and thought she would be really good at that. I, know. I really like Donna. I McKechnie. wish I could have seen that. That'd have been really good. And Catherine Zaremba as Annie. Okay. And Harvey Presnell as Warbucks. Oh. Uh, so the show receives. Uh, mixed reviews off Broadway, although it <laughs> but does, not dismal. Not so dismal. mixed is better than dismal. It, this is true. <laughs> um, although it does have a glowing one from Ben Brantley at the New York Times. Okay. Finally, the producers secure funds to move the production to Broadway, but now they won't make the deadline for the 1994 Tony Award cut off. So they had touted the early 1993 Broadway bow, but a major investor pulled out. Um, and so then they secured the funds uh, for it to move to Broadway. But since they won't make the 1994 Tony Awards cut off, uh, which was the main reason for the move. Right. The next person who the next person who funded it also bows oh, out. So they lose boo. the money. So they lost two investors. Yes. Yeah, so okay. They lost two investors. Ugh. That's like such a stab to the gut. Yeah. So that ended the dreams of Annie. So they just Warbucks finished it at that point. They weren't going to come yeah. back the following for the Tony season. So no, they didn't. They it's hard at that point. Back. Then you're just like, well, <laughs> we made, we no. had a good five year run. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. too bad. You know, but Annie Warbucks is pretty well known. That's very true. It's done you know, a lot regionally. And Do you I, have an Annie story? Like a an auditioning Annie story? I feel like every girl that I do. I, I, no, I do not have a. Do you want, do you want to hear mine? Please tell it. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> 
Okay, this is little seven-year-old Pamela <laughs> auditioned for Annie at the community theater mm-hmm. in Bloomington, Illinois, <laughs> along with her older sister, Jennifer. And I'll just say the name. <laughs> uh, and so she and I went to go audition. We finished the audition. Jane, the director, told us, okay, ladies, well, thank you so much for coming in. We're going to make our decisions tonight, and we'll give you a phone call before you go to bed. So... I was like on the kitchen floor waiting by the phone, like waiting. And it rang and Ebony, I was right there before the end of the first ring. And I went, hello. And it was Jane. Mm-hmm. And my, I get little butterflies every time I get the phone call that I get a job. It doesn't matter how well paid or how well known that yeah. it's just, it always makes me a little nervous. It's bringing me back right now. <laughs> Answer the phone. Hello. Uh, it's Jane. She goes, Hi, Pamela. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good, Jane. Thanks for asking. And she goes, hey, so thank you so much for coming in. I think that this year you're just a little too small, like a little too young for our production. But you keep plugging away or whatever she said. And so I went, you know, I put on the brave face. Oh, no. Thank thank you so much. And then she goes, can I talk to your sister? No. My sister got Annie. What? <laughs> I feel Jen Cody told a similar story really? like this. Yes, on um, Broadway stories. Oh my gosh, that's funny. I think it was Jen Cody <laughs> because they, they, she like it was like one sibling was like all up in the theater. Yeah, and then the other and then the other sibling is like meh about it, <laughs> and the meh sibling gets in or gets the bigger yes. part. And the kid who's all about the theater gets like a little part or nothing. I don't know why. That is exactly how it works. I think the universe is like, you gotta want it, kid. You gotta want it. You gotta, you gotta pull yourself through the mud. (laughs) (laughs) There's my Annie story though. She got the part of freaking Annie. She got the lead role. And I was just too young. But then she's like not even an actor now. Like what, right? She's not. I mean, she still sings. Okay. But I don't well, see like uh, my whole family is very creative and right. very like very performance minded com- or not a theater. He company. does. Yeah. He just uh, started that a few years ago yeah. called New Root Theater in Bloomington, Normal, Illinois. <laughs> There's my plug. But like all of us, like my yeah. mom, w- you know, sang and played the piano. My dad yeah. is the actor. And so all of us were very performance minded. Yeah, my brother actually was in a band for a long time where he traveled. So like we all were really interested, but I think I was the only one that really knew that I was going to go into musical theater at age 10. So, you know, there you go. Oh, there's Sweet Pea. (laughs) I don't know if everyone heard that, but little Sweet Pea, here's someone in the hallway and (laughs) she's just going to let herself be known. But anyway, were you finished with your story? I have uh, just a A little caveat. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. So just a couple little things. Some of the memorable song, memorable songs that were shared between the two productions are A Younger Man, okay. where Daddy Warbucks uh, sings about how he thinks like Grace would never love him because he's older <laughs> because and he's that whole thing. Old. Right, he's too old. Silly billionaire. <laughs> and then Changes, which is actually, it's not done as much as Tomorrow, but it's a big one that young girls like to sing. And okay. Changes was a song that Annie sings twice. Um, in the show. Okay. And that's about like her just processing through like Daddy Warbucks trying to find a wife yeah. and like what that's going to look like, you know, with their new life and her having a mom and everything like that. And then when you smile is Daddy Warbucks singing about Annie. Okay. And then, but you go on. Oh, yeah. It's a song that ended up being in 
in both oh. productions. Well, who sang it in the first production? Did it say? I, that I'm not sure. I'm okay. thinking like um. Well, I mean, he still wondered, had the contest, so right, maybe it so was I, still one of the. Yeah, maybe it could have been ladies. one of the ladies who were, you know, who was in the contest, or maybe it was. Ms. Maybe Anne it was again. like the replacement Annie. Could could no? I don't <laughs> no, think so. I don't know. But but this is what I will do: is I will find that out, and we'll put that either in the show notes or we'll put that in the uh, we'll do that in the intermission. Okay. Episode. Oh yeah, we're gonna have like little mini episodes that we're gonna call intermissions. Mm-hmm. And that'll probably be like every other week. We'll have like yeah. a full episode, and then we'll have an intermission, mm-hmm. and it'll just kind of be. You know, corrections and omissions, yeah. if we have them, it's sometimes we'll come up with a cool story that maybe not enough information for a full episode. But yeah, um, we can also, you know, post on our Facebook page different kinds of things like that. So if you are not already following us on Theater Geeks Anonymous on Facebook, do that now. Yeah. I'll wait. <laughs> uh, also at... At TGA B-Way. on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and TGA B-Way at gmail.com if you'd like to email us. We are so open to different ideas. If you've got any ideas for different shows that you want to hear from us or if you've got questions about the shows that we've already done, let us know. Uh, like, share, follow. Yeah. Rate, review, subscribe. <laughs> all the, all things. the things all the it things. all comes in threes how fun is that i'll come up with a song later <laughs> i have a, a nice little optimistic story to end Ooh. our episode on yay so this comes from the january 28th 1990 new york times article that was written by mervyn rothstein and this is a story that martin charnin tells that it happened to him right after Annie to Miss Hannigan's revenge did not go well. Okay. Uh, one of the reasons I love these guys is because one thing that Martin did after the dismal reviews came out for Annie 2 is he took full responsibility and he told the actors it was not their fault. Aww. He took full responsibility yeah. for what happened. And Charles takes full responsibility to this day. And it's like, if you are a good leader, mm-hmm. if you are actually the captain of your ship, you go down with the ship and you take full responsibility for what has been done. Amen. And I think a lot of people don't do that. I think. And you want to call yourself a, lot a leader. I think the stories that you're going to hear are full of people that don't that do that. That didn't do that. Yeah. And, and a lot of times that's why the things fail. In this case, that's not why this failed. Yeah. The team took responsibility. And they, and they, they tried. Made- they did take strides to they change did. it. They they tried very hard to fix it. And Annie Warbucks is done all over the Absolutely. country. Anyway, here's a little a little anecdotal story from Martin Charnin. Okay. It is Tuesday in New York. I stayed in Washington yesterday to kind of recover from the whole episode, Mr. Charnin says. I was feeling a little sorry for myself. <laughs> I went into a coffee shop and had a cup of coffee. And when I came out, there was this musician looking a little shabby. He parked himself in front of the coffee shop, opened up a trumpet case, and began playing. And what he was playing was tomorrow. Oh. (laughs) I asked him if he played it often, and he said, every chance I get. And I said, I'm the guy who wrote that song. So he introduced himself. And then he saw the Annie 2 t-shirt I was wearing, and he said, (laughs) what happened, man? And I proceeded to tell him, and he started to play tomorrow again. And then he stopped, and he told me it was going to be all right. Oh, 
I might cry a little bit. You That's can't so make so that sweet. up. Okay, can I also so just cute. tell you that I love him? I want to give him a hug just for wearing the Annie 2 t-shirt. A true theater geek. But that's really sweet. You know what? Yeah. I love that because there's lots of musicians that play around this city and to, and it's hard as a New Yorker. If you're, if you don't live yeah. in New York, it's like, it's a whole different beast and you just well, kind of walk doing that in from, DC. oh, okay. Oh, that was, well, that's kind of the same kind of thing. Yeah. Just a big city with lots of different people, but complete anonymity really yeah and so you're walking from point a to point b and you've got your city blinders on and you don't look at people and you don't listen yeah. you've just you've got your own business to to attend to and mm-hmm. so for him to walk out of that coffee shop even in the midst of all of the anxiety and stuff that he was going yeah. through to hear first of all what song the guy was playing mm-hmm. and then to like approach him and chat with him like that's really sweet yeah good for you i love that story <laughs> oh i do too okay yeah. that's a good way to end do we have like a catchphrase or anything for the end of our episodes? No, I don't think we do. Well, make one up. And scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe that could be our catchphrase. Well, we said, oh, we said break legs. Oh, Isn't that's that what right. we said break legs. So how about I'll say and scene and you okay. say break a leg. Okay. And scene. Break a leg. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.